Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, an episode of Half Court and Mid Range. The finals are over. Basketball is over for the 2016 2017 NBA season. Uh, this is a big surprise to both of us, Ray. The Warriors won the whole thing. The Warriors uh, did win the whole thing in pretty convincing fashion um, in five games, as it were. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the series. I thought the the level of basketball being played was about as high as I can remember, just in terms of uh, offensive um Offensive flow and shot making. Uh, it was just there was just a ton of great basketball players on the floor. Um, so yeah, what do you think? I thought it was okay. I watched games three through five, mm-hmm. um, which were probably the better ones to watch. Maybe. Yeah. Game three was was really exciting. That was the closest actual game. Um, I guess game four was not actually that exciting because the Cavs won by so much. But it was c- pretty crazy to see them just be able to hit on all cylinders yeah and i think the warriors i think that even in the fourth quarter the warriors had a shot yeah they came back the Cavs only won by nine points in that game if i recall correctly um but the Cavs just couldn't miss a shot it was insane Mm -hmm. i believe they set several records yeah i think they shot 53 percent even i was like 53.5 percent or something from three in that game um which is bananas um on you know maybe 45 shots or something like that yeah um, pretty pretty wild to hit a record number of threes for the finals right i'm pretty it it, mu- it must have been uh don't quote us on that but use your google machine to prove that we're right or wrong do and quote ray on last time's podcast where he said the warriors were going to win in five games um congratulations ray thank you for um calling that out court i think uh I'm glad that I got my prediction right. Uh, I think yours was also totally legitimate. I think there was a lot of discussion. My whether... prediction was called insane by insane our guest. By... Yeah, by our guest, Josh Myers. Our esteemed guest, Josh Myers. Our esteemed guest. We thank him for coming on. Yes. Uh, uh, but I was a little offended that he called my prediction insane. <laughs> and if it weren't for that record-breaking sort of uh, game by the Cavs, it seemed pretty legitimate or pretty possible that the Warriors would have swept this thing. Yeah. Um, Certainly more possible than the Cavs winning in seven games. Yes, which is what Josh predicted. Which he um, should be embarrassed about. <laughs> yes, yes, he should be. Um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, I'm... Yeah, I think actually the maybe the Cavs are lucky to have won a game. You know, I think... In hindsight, the way that this the series played out, I think if they play that series ten times, the Warriors might sweep more than they win in five games. But yeah, um, it seems at least yeah maybe like fifty fifty. Yeah. Although we're probably not accounting for like Draymond probably narrowly avoided getting into some serious trouble and yeah there were he some really things. yeah there were a couple times where he was like on the edge there yeah there was that sort of like weird um, technical stuff where like yeah it was actually technical on Steve Kerr but people thought Jeff Van Gundy at least thought that he was going to get kicked out of the game yes um Jeff Van and Gundy the official scores so this is so yeah this was a really strict this game four was 
interesting on a number of levels. The Cavs won. They shot really well. But there's also these, like, strange calls and, like, long reviews. It, that was fairly unpleasant to watch. Took a while to, like, figure out these things. But they basically had given a technical. They given a regular foul on Draymond Green. And the refs also gave a technical. And they the scorers, the official scorers who count these things, they wrote down that it was for Draymond. Uh, and then later in the game, Draymond got another technical, which would mean he would be out of the game. But then they're like, no, 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 the first one was not on Draymond, it was on Steve Kerr. And that was pretty confusing. It was confusing. When they showed the replays, though, it was pretty clear that the guy was, like, facing Steve Kerr, and, like, Steve Kerr had run onto the court. Yeah, and Draymond didn't really react that strong. Yeah, like, he so. was just, like, gen, you know, normal yeah. disappointment, which, yeah. like, usually is not called. Yeah. Also, it was technical. hilarious about it. It was definitely a foul. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like, Draymond just clearly pushed him, and then Steve Kerr just, like, sprints. And Steve Kerr's faces are pretty hilarious when he's yeah. upset. Yeah, he's really drawing deep into that well of like back pain. I feel yeah. bad saying that. Yeah. He has like pretty legitimate like back pain. Yes. That obviously wow. he was out for a while. Yeah. Which um, were re- which is great. He was able to uh it's great that he was able to coach uh for the last couple games and win a championship. Yeah. Because he's, except for he blew it. They could have gone if Mike Brown was there, you bet they were gonna go sixteen and zero throughout the playoffs. <laughs> disagree disagree um they ruined their chance to become the greatest well we're not gonna you know we'll talk about that later possibly perhaps um so yes um let me talk about um general ops actually so so court uh what are some of your biggest takeaways and observations from from the series my biggest takeaways and observations from the series um that's a great question is this the part where we were talking about like the actual real stuff that I saw in the game? Oh yeah, good because I don't, I didn't, you know, I paid attention to that stuff, and you know, LeBron James is a good basketball player, and everyone knows that. We've talked these things to death in some of these more shouting at each other sports shows on Fox Sports One or wherever people are uh, employed by and people watch nowadays. If you're listening, you're probably. If you're anyone, you're probably not watching those Fox Sport One shows, so we might be able to we might be able to cover. We their actually bases. have more listeners than Fox Sports One does. Uh, advertisers take note. Um, so my dispute not, it. Apparently, the the Rock was at the game. I'm confused. Rock, Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock. Then I was. I thought you were talking about the point where um, our friend Paul was talking, where I tried to ask our, our friend Ailey, who's six about whether he knew what the rock meant in the context of basketball. Mm. But then our other friend interrupted and, and talked about crack cocaine. Yeah. Which was a little it kind of different direction. Yeah. It was it's hard not. for me to be. Yeah. Hard for me to do any sort of like didactical uh, <laughs> term, basketball terminology when we had gone into a sort of street drugs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But in this sense, it, when you've written rock here, you mean Chris Rock, the comedian. Yes. Uh, in game five, Richard Jefferson took a little tumble in front of him, and uh, Chris Rock said to him, I know you're old, stay down. <laughs> <laughs> in jest, I'm sure, yeah. but I like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of celebrities that could give little jabs to um, to players when they came on the sidelines, but few with as like, a distinct voice and like style as Rock. Yeah. So you probably just hear that as Jefferson, you're like, man... I don't know. Yeah, you got to smile then. Like yeah. you're getting roasted. Yeah. I mean, he laughs about it. By the way, shout out to Richard Jefferson. He played. I guess he he had some bad games, but he uh he 
Richard Jefferson is around 40 years old and he played some really good basketball and he's just a super smart player. And uh, I was surprised by how well he played given that he's like one of those kind of old guys that LeBron James wanted to bring in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. I think it's, I think it's incredible. And, and he really, they needed him because he plays, he can play like small ball four and run with a lot of the faster um guys who are going to play power forward for the Warriors. I think he was a really important player, like or archetype of a player to have, and they, they definitely used him a lot, and I think they need it too. Um, so, yeah, that dude was balling with Jason Kidd on the Nets back in 2000. Shout out to the old guys. Yeah. Andrea Godala. Not as old as Richard Jefferson, but... Think about all the things that have changed since then, you know? Yeah, Jason Kidd. Yeah, he's coached several teams now. He's a coach. Um, the Nets are no longer in New Jersey or the New Jersey or the Nets. New Jersey doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer when we lost New Jersey. That's doesn't. That's not true. <laughs> the, it is not true that it doesn't exist. It's not <laughs> not true. I love New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> New Jersey is a great place. Everyone should visit. Trenton. The Garden State. Trenton makes the world takes. Mm. That'll play well with the listeners. <laughs> At least Andrew Morissette. <laughs> um, also, on the Twitter, there were some good tweets. Uh, yes. JaVale McGee tweeted, I'm the first person who's won an NBA championship and also has a rat tail. Yeah. Uh, which we were talking about this. We didn't try to verify this. He yeah. didn't. It's, it's unclear whether he verified it or not either. It's kind of hard to verify that every person previously that has won an NBA championship did not have a rat tail. And it's like, did they have to have the not have the rat tail right when they won? Because like, don't yeah. you think Greg Popovich, he probably had a rat tail at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, although he was a he was a military guy, right? So he might have been kind of clean cut. Yeah, it was more just I was trying to think of somebody who's won a lot of NBA championships who would look really funny with a rat tail. Um, also, it's like Rodman not had a rat tail. You know, or yeah, he definitely had dyed hair. That's for yeah. sure. Um, did Michael so, Jordan not have her? <laughs> so Listeners maybe. might have found out who Michael Jordan was on our last <laughs> podcast when Josh explained <laughs> indignantly explained. Um, yeah, so maybe this is a opportunity for listener uh, invo- involvement. Um, yeah, if anybody it, finds okay, if you go back and find someone who had a rat tail in the same season that they won the NBA championship, mm-hmm. um, then please uh, send us like that information and the picture. And what are we going to do for them, Ray? Uh, we are going to announce their researching um, ability uh, and achievement on the podcast. And should we give them a scholarship? Um, and then did you say you were going to grow a rat tail if someone can find this or you're going to support a rat tail? Well, I mean, I have long hair already. Yeah, and I do. I was. It brings back this memory of being a little self-conscious when I was in Oxford, Mississippi <laughs> okay. uh, with Josh Dugas <laughs> and Nick Holiday. And we went to Faulkner's grave. OK. And I, my hair was kind of long at this point, but not as long as it is now. Mm-hmm. And Josh said something about like get out of here with your little rat tail at mm. Faulkner's grave. Mm. So, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, deep, 
I might be the I'm I would bet I'm not the only person who's ever had a rat tail and visited William Faulkner's grave. <laughs> I think that's probably right. <laughs> so JaVale McGee, you could do the uh trifecta there by being NBA championship rat tail <laughs> visiting Faulkner's grave. Yes. Um Yes, I like it. Um also I think if you can't find whether or not you can find someone who had a rat tail when they won a championship, I'd be interested to hear the champions that you would most like to have had a rat tail when they won a championship. I like that too. Or it also just like your your starting five for the all rat tail NBA Ooh, team. Yes, all rat tail. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And would they beat the Warriors? Would yeah, exactly. And how would their coordinated hairstyle help them or not? Did Kurt Rambis have a rat tail? Ooh, that's No, it was just a mullet. Yeah. Bill Walton, maybe? No, he was a hippie. Hippies don't, I mean, hippies do, but not those kind of hippies. Yeah, this is pre-rat tail hippies. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Or just if you're, if you send us a picture of you with a rat tail, we'll describe it on air. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of opportunities for listeners this week. So Speaking, (laughs) Speaking of rat tails and potential people with rat tails, you have Dennis Rodman also on our agenda here to talk about in non-basketball well semi-basketball related things yeah and i guess when i mentioned him earlier that could have been a good segue but missed opportunity well Um, we still we had a lot more to talk about rat tails at that point (laughs) yeah yeah. um so yeah i think um it seems that dennis rodman a former nba champion uh also uh so some people are saying the warriors the best team ever some people would say that dennis rodman was on one of the best teams ever it's not the best team ever uh the 90s bulls teams um and it seems like he has gotten himself involved in international diplomacy. Uh, can you tell us more about that, Court? I can tell you a little bit, which is he is currently in North Korea. Uh, and it is not a dip. So there, yeah, super sad story. Look it up later. But this like kid who actually went to University of Virginia uh, got like arrested in North Korea like a year ago uh, for stealing the sign that was like some sort of patriotic sign and they sentenced him to 15 y- years of hard labor. Uh, and also there's a bunch of, I'm not going to go into it kind of sad circumstances, but he was like repatriated recently. Uh, but Dennis Rodman coincidentally just went over there on a diplomatic diplomatic mission, probably with all the vice people again uh, to bring sport. He claims it had nothing to do with the guy's release and it was like just a sports mission or whatever to like, increased cooperation between the nations through sport or something like that but the conspiracy theory is going around the old internet it's like dennis rodman was a contestant on a celebrity apprentice which was a reality tv show back in the day Mm -hmm. hosted by the current president of the united states donald trump Mm -hmm. so is it possible that the president using less his presidential power and more his old reality star connections uh, convinced Dennis Rodman to go over there uh, in this sort of mission to bring back this kid who was sentenced to hard labor and you know, it was in pretty bad shape, it seemed like. Hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. Everything that you just described, um, I think is hard. To, it makes me hard to understand our current... Um, world situation yeah (laughs) Uh, certainly me too yeah um 
Yeah, this is definitely one of those things that if you played for somebody like 10 years ago, you're like this is actually going to be a totally real thing that happened or is happening that would be hard for them to probably figure out. Yeah, we've, re- you know, I know people say this a lot, but we've reached sort of like a peak sort of uh, disbelievability. Yeah, yeah. As far as just weird, weird stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. And definitely without going too far into the politi- politics thing, we're also, it's like, all of the Republican congressmen, they're just kind of like, yeah, Trump, he just doesn't know what he's doing. He's just learning on the job. <laughs> it's like, well, so the thing about that is, like, it's kind of like he should learn maybe in a different way. Yeah. You know, but like, it's like, imagine them, imagine your airline pilot coming over the yeah, intercom like, and saying that. It's sorry. Like there's some jobs where yeah. you just don't learn on the job. You just need to learn stuff beforehand. Miss the landing strip. <laughs> what do you know? Like you're going to freaking simulator beforehand. <laughs> don't worry. We got these little boats. You'll be able to get back to the land. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, All right. So that's our politics for the, yeah. for the day. Yeah. Take that, Nate Silver. Speak, speaking of, so Dennis Rodman probably enjoyed a mean glass of champagne in the victory celebration when the Bulls won. Uh, our longtime listener, uh, Edward Ridgely uh, of San Francisco. Congratulations, Edward, for your your team winning the championship. <laughs> in Edward's defense, I don't think he um claimed uh, he said we this. at one point. He oh, said he we won the championship in reference to the Warriors. Oh wow! Which just saying, come on. I kind of regret not asking Josh about his use of um of pronouns because he used <laughs> a lot of we in ours. Yeah, with the Spurs, which I thought was funny. Um, but okay. Um. I didn't realize that. I think he used we. It also so to, in Edward's defense, defense, he could have been sort of making fun of Josh at that point. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> I can see that because he only said it one time. Like so, like you know, it's and it, there's always a chance that he was making fun of Josh on yeah. these emails. Anyway, yeah. uh, longtime listener Edward uh, p- sent us a, a little gif, as they say, of uh, the victory celebration and Kevin. I'm glad Dur- you said it, so I didn't have to. Yeah. It's. I think it's with a soft J. Like, I trust you. Yeah, choosy moms choose gifs. Uh, <laughs> that's how you remember it. <laughs> and anyway, in in this one, it was of a video of this the post game celebration in the locker room. Everyone had their goggles on, and after people win these championships, if they're of age, uh, they're allowed to partake in some adult beverages. Which some of them are not. Yeah, it always confuses me. Like when you get drafted in the NBA and you're like 19 or 20, like, and you win the championship, you just sit there while everybody else sprays champagne yeah. on each other. Is that one of those things where, um, like, isn't it? It's like technically legal to drink as a minor in certain, like, you can go oh, to yeah. like a country club. If you're in Louisiana and you're in arm's length of your yeah. parent and you're 16 years old, then you're allowed to drink. Yeah. So, like, if you know i don't know which well, all of these nba players have really long arms and so their it parents really is might a have long arms. ball game yeah yeah oh was it the parents arm i thought it was the parents uh, arms length so that they could you know keep a hold on you yeah i think let's let the courts decide yeah so if you know anthony davis had won in his first year if his super long arms could mm-hmm. reach over to his mom or something anyway kevin durant's mom did show up after they won which yes. was nice uh you know that's pretty special for him nice to see you know nice to have your family there when you accomplish something big um 
But then later in the locker room, they were doing the thing with the champagne and the adult beverages. And they had beer for some reason. Uh, I couldn't quite see what beer it was. It looked like it could have been a Bud Light. I think it was Bud Light. Because uh, it was a blue can. Bud Light is pretty awful. Apparently, Kevin Durant didn't know this because he took a big gulp of it, but just like puffed it into his cheeks and then like held it in for a second maybe and then turns and just spits like a beautiful waterfall out. Just like you were like, how could you be surprised? You know, like when you were like about to consume it, you realized it was going to be bad. Like, how could you be surprised that it actually was Mm, bad? Yeah. Like I have consumed Bud Light and I have known that it was going to be bad. And just at that point, you just can't spit it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, I'll, I think we should say, you know, if you enjoy Bud Light, you know, we, we don't judge. That's great. Also, you if you, you were for Anheuser Busch, then sorry, we said all this. Yeah. We, we will take, take a, your money. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I think another thing, I think. What really goes great with Bud Light is gardenia syrup from Pachamama's Pantry. Mm, that'll make your um, Bud Light taste even sweeter. So, uh, of course, we continue to be sponsored by Pachamama's Pantry. Pachamama's um, Pantry just came out with some hot sauce. Oh, yeah? Which is great. If Ooh. you want to put some some home, you know, garden-grown hot sauce, peppers grown in, you know, Pachamama, Pachamama's Pantry's very garden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, put that hot sauce on something spicy that's a great thing to wash down with some bud light and gardenia syrup and gardenia syrup <laughs> yeah um yeah and just just to be clear gardenia syrup these are uh locally foraged gardenia flowers um seven knows how to say it better but made into gardenia syrup you can I buy them at holly grove market holly grove market um i think and Lil they, wayne they, raps about holly grove market a lot yeah they go nice with some refreshing cocktails in the summer it does indeed. Uh, I think how he process he like takes a mortar and pestle and then just smashes the flowers. Yeah, and there's some kind of like reduction process. I don't know <laughs> exactly how it works. Um, but it's all it's all it. He does it the way that it, all the words that you want: organic, local, with love, forage, uh, family-owned, probiotic, uh, vegan, veganic. I don't know if all those things are true. Idiosyncratic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to the celebration. Uh, I just want to say the old videos of the team celebrating where they didn't have goggles and like the locker room wasn't lined with plastic. Yeah. And they were just like partying and like having a good time and it wasn't choreographed. That's way better. I yeah. Think. Now it's now it's kind of silly. Now they like prep everything, and you know I'm sure somebody' eyes got hurt by not wearing goggles during these types of celebrations. But you know I think it kinda, defeats kind of missing. The point. It's not in the spirit of revelry. Yeah, part exactly. of revelry is just throwing caution to the wind a little bit. Yeah, and there's a time and a place for it. And I think after you win the championship, that's an appropriate time in the place and time and place. Um, a time and place that's not appropriate for revelry is uh, club sobriety. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> also, uh, one of our sponsors. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. If you are in the uh, what do they call it? Tri cities. What do they call it in North Carolina? Yeah, the uh, research triangle in North Carolina. Research triangle. Chapel Hill, um, Durham, Raleigh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, there's some import for a a new uh, a different kind of uh, drinking establishment. One that. 
takes an alternate approach on drinking, which is to not drink. One, I thought it was a one drink maximum. Oh, really? That would, okay. yeah. I guess it would mean no, if it was called sobriety. I didn't know he was going. We weren't allowed to have all out. Yeah, I think it was like you know, like a one little whiskey, and then you okay. have a lot of books and <laughs> silence. Yes, yes. Uh, um, and right now, it's just being promoted as a, a pop up at in Carborough at Robbie's house. Yes, so yes. if you just show up to Robbie's house uh, and say, "I'm here for sobriety." Yes. We're going to read his address on air right now. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. Um, you can actually tweet at him um, at RKD Colby 86. Colby is spelled C-O-L-B-Y. Um, and you can just say, I would like to make a reservation at sobriety. Um, and he will give you next steps. Yeah. First 10 people that uh, tweet at him will get a uh, free glass of water <laughs> on uh, Half Court and Midrange. Yeah. Um, courtesy half court and mid-range it's possible that water could be carbonated if we're really feeling oh yeah crazy maybe a Lacroix. yeah i don't know if sobriety has a stance on carbonated water yeah do they does sobriety have a stance on Lacroix? i would assume they're against it it feels um excessive but yeah those bubbles will really get you going too yeah ray have you seen that um video speaking of Lacroix, have you seen that video Lacroix boy <laughs> I am ashamed to say that someone has, has sent it to me and I've not watched it. <laughs> I got it at work and I opened it and it was just at a time where I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Um, but I've heard good things about it. It's, there's a new one. Yeah. Are you talking about the new one? Wait, there's another one? I think it's a You new saw one. the original one? It was, the sure original one was this. pretty recent. Okay. I've, so I've, this I've, one? I've probably, is that's the one I'm talking about. Okay. That's the one I'm talking about. This guy made a LaCroix jacket that's way better than the LaCroix jacket I made for my Mardi Gras costume, and I'm a little bit jealous. Mm. But he earned it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a smooth R&B song about LaCroix. Yeah. People, yeah. We're not sponsored by LaCroix, but if you're out there listening in Wisconsin, then we're all yours. Oh, yeah. Bring your money on down, LaCroix. Yeah. Um. All right, so they won. They were celebrating. Kevin Durant hates Bud Light, uh, but was contractually obligated to drink a sip of it. Uh, what? <laughs> you know, it seems like he's doing pretty well if he can just be drinking Bud Lights on a Monday night, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. money-wise. Yeah. Does he want more money? What's their off-season outlook? Do they need to pay him a lot of money? Um. So that's an interesting question. Actually, before that, that was a really great segue, and I'm going to screw it up right now. Um, just a couple more bas basketball observations on the series, maybe. Oh, this um, is the worst, right? You're de-segue. <laughs> You're doing a reverse um, segue. Sorry, mall cops. We just reverse segued that. <laughs> I just made up that horrible joke. Um, <laughs> do segues go backwards? Yeah, sure. You know, because when they do the tour, isn't the guy wasn't the one guy is going backwards, right? The tour guide, or no? no that would be I dangerous, think right? Following. Yeah, <laughs> but they can turn around. Like you can, like if you lean rock back on one of them, you kind of like turn around, and then the guy is like, "Here's the haunted whatever." Yeah. Um. Gosh, those tours are so hilarious. Um. In New Orleans, they have these Segway tours where people, you have to wear a helmet too. So it's just like a pack of like 20 people all on Segways yeah. and they yeah. just like Segway around these like pretty busted streets. Yes. And you could just walk around really. Like, yeah. It's eminently walkable. Especially, I mean, I could see if you like have mobility impairments having a different sort of way to get around, but a Segway, you don't gain anything in terms of, you still have to stand on it. So yeah. it's like not helping out any of those folks. Yeah. Like getting in the <laughs> horse carriages, that makes sense. Yeah. That's like, oh yeah, we're going around in a horse carriage. They're pooping right now. There's interesting things happening. Segways, 
not so much. <laughs> they poop a lot. That's you know. Ray is really interested in pooping. <laughs> I'm just interested in the like the like like I was driving down uh, St. Peter Street and just went by all the horses and there was just a ton of crap on the ground. Yeah, and that feels like there should be a better disposal process. Maybe not. I don't know. So I saw this headline on Facebook or something recently. Didn't click into the article because it was a pretty dumb headline. But apparently 33% of the puddles uh, on Bourbon Street. I, it was unclear whether 33% <laughs> of them were fe- feces infested. I think it was just like, like 33% a- of the composition of these puddles was feces. <laughs> wow. Oof. Which, based on the smell, I would totally believe. Yeah. That seems like, yeah, not a good... I don't know what the ideal number is there, but that seems too high. Probably zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised. I'm a little, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. teach their own, but. Yeah. Um, sorry, after butchering that segue, um, just a couple of basketball thoughts before we move on from that. Um, I do think it was an in- incredibly fun basketball to watch and just kind of to continually be amazed by how how the offense is how the offense had functioned so well and just like the ball was moving everywhere. Golden State was just always like passing the ball to find the open guy. Um, whatever Cleveland was giving them, they were like getting the ball in the right spot. Um, when they weren't turning it over like dummies. When they weren't turning it over like dummies, even though that one game they only had four turnovers. Um, Which game? It was the first game. Uh, well, see, whenever I don't watch them, that's when they have these good games yeah. without turnovers. Whenever I watch them, I'm like, man, Steph Curry, he's a dummy. He's about to turn it over, and then he inevitably does, and I feel smug. Yeah. He's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then, and just the quality of the shot making, uh, we should definitely shout out J.R. Smith. He oh had, yeah, he had some fun shots crazy, in that final game. Yeah, I think he went six for seven from three or seven for eight, including like he actually ended every single quarter in that the last quarter in every the last shot in every single made shot every single quarter in the last game was a J.R. Smith three. That's incredible, including at the end of the game the meaningless three that he oh, made yeah. and like looked in the fans and like <laughs> like gave them shade. And you're like, what did I said? Gave them? I guess threw them shade. He tossed them shade. Um, you can give someone shade. It's like a you know, yeah, less aggressive version. Yeah, <laughs> which um, is you know hard to hard to throw much shade when you just lost the NBA championship. Yeah, but J.R. Smith is capable. I think he still has more <laughs> shade capacity. Um, <laughs> and then Kyrie Irving, like throughout, everybody's going to talk about the Warriors, so we probably don't even have to. They were awesome. Kevin Durant was awesome. Um, and actually, I think that. When I watch him spit out the beer, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what this machine, like this guy who's just an incredible machine and just like a, just like a killer on the court, uh, would do. Like he's like, yeah, I'm not gonna drink this Bud Light because yeah. I am like, I'm thinking about next year. I don't Even the this. way he spit it out was just perfect, like a yeah. perfect arc of it. Yeah, and just like his complete disinterest in it. Yeah, it was like disgust, but not the kind of disgust where it was like showed on his face. He was just like, nope. Yeah, this just is this is not rejection. what I do. This yeah. isn't the type of thing that I do. Um, he also didn't he like? I think he poked the can so that it, he could shotgun it, but then I think he drank out of the top of it. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> that works. Uh, you got to get a yeah. little. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the opposite direction that most people do, but yeah, switch it up. Um, and 
Oh yeah, but the quality of the shot making was just incredible. Kyrie was awesome. I probably don't appreciate his game enough um, because he does. He's a Kyrie Irving on the Cavs. He's a, he scores a lot in isolation, um, which I think is like less interesting to watch than a more like team oriented basketball. Um, but and he doesn't really play defense. Yeah, he's not as good at defense. Yeah. Um, so he's not necessarily my like type of player uh, or the player that I enjoy watching, but his shot making is unbelievable. Um, he just had so many um, tough times going to the basket where like his ability to hang and like keep his balance and continue through contact and come up with these just like crazy angles to make layups um, was just continually like jaw dropping. I, I don't, it's it was I don't know it was so fun to watch and just be like man I can't believe that just happened, um, and so I don't I don't know how he and I think about how hard he's he's a like six foot two guy, and he had he was regularly going up against like guys that are close to seven feet tall with long arms, um, and I think about how hard it is to like make a contested layup with a similarly sized person yeah. guarding you, <laughs> um, and like you know, just to see him get to the basket, have multiple guys around him come up with this crazy angle to like launch the ball and hit, hit the backboard in the perfect way. Um, it's, I think it's about how hard amazing. it is to make a layup without anybody <laughs> guarding you. <laughs> yes. yes. Got to aim for that square. That's so hard. <laughs> yes. Um, it really is. Uh, so yeah, those are my main, we talked about Richard Jefferson. Also LeBron, that was my favorite person to watch. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, like I would definitely, you know, of of everybody in the series. Also, you know, Kevin Durant is very clearly like near as good as him, which is incredible yes. to say. But yeah. LeBron James, oh my man, some of those dunks he had were just like that. Was what I was just sad that they weren't worth like five points, you know? Yeah, because he just like ended people. Yes, and he's thirty. He's thirty-two, and he's just flying. I mean. That one where he got up, he had a, he had a, it was, it was like semi transition and he was going to the basket and he kind of got caught in the air and he just bounced it off the backboard, land it, oh, yeah. got the, got the board and dunked it. And just like, man, that dude, that, and that's something these, the kids do when they're like 22, you know? Yeah. Um, and they, they're more springy and, and uh, they do it when nobody's around. Yeah. Um, he just did in the NBA finals after what is seventh straight NBA finals. He is a. He's an unbelievable player. That um, one in transition where he went for the dunk instead of the layup and like caught Kevin Durant unaware, where that final like, you know, explosive hop, like he just mm-hmm. went like for the dunk instead. Yes, that was incredible athleticism, and he got hit in the face. He that could have been Kevin Durant's third foul. Could have made it. Could have changed the series. Could have changed the series. I think we if could, Josh Myers was on this podcast, he would say <laughs> that that would have changed the series. We could be preparing to watch Game Six right now. If that yes. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think maybe I'll have to say, let's give the Cavs some, some credit for a really good series and, uh, excellent play. Kevin Love also has some really good games and he actually has some just, he's, Kevin Love is not known as a great defensive player, especially against a team like the Warriors who has a lot of quick forwards. Um, but he played pretty well. Uh, and he played, he had some good defensive games. He had one game, I think where he had like six deals and a bunch of deflections, um, so yeah, he he actually played really poorly in game five though. So. Yeah, he did have that kind of stinker in the final game, but yeah. Um. So 
Back to the offseason. Wow, what a segue. <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop right there. Do segues make noises? Yeah, they kind of like make a kind of whining noise. Okay, yeah. I think so, at least. Um, so yeah, Court asks about the Warriors offseason. Uh, it is a... So the Warriors, they have a bunch of really good players. And in, in the NBA, there's a salary cap, so teams can only... It's a soft salary cap, sort of. Um, teams are only allowed to pay players so much, and basically, if they pay over a certain amount, then they're taxed on it, uh, called a luxury tax. Um, but basically, there's a question about what are the, how many of the guys are the Warriors going to be able to bring back, and then like what marginal changes can they make? Um, and we won't get too into it, but. Basically, Kevin Durant could make as much as I think thirty-three million or thirty-five million next year. Um, that would be his max. Uh, there's all this kind of complicated thing that determines how much all players can get based on some awards they've won and how long they've been in the league and things the like position that. Position of the moon and yeah. all that. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, but if basically if if he were to want that the Cavaliers uh wow the Warriors would have to clear a bunch of cap space um to be able to sign him to that contract they could definitely do that but then they would probably not get to bring back two important players Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston uh it has been reported if he takes a little bit less money like 30 million dollars then they could probably bring back both Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston um if they're if the owners are willing to pay the luxury tax um and it's been reported that Kevin Durant's going to do that. And so it seems likely that the Warriors will be able to bring back their team more or less intact uh, with marginal changes. Maybe like your Zaza Pachulia's and your David West kind of like cycle out. And there's new types of player, veteran players that are come to the Warriors to win a ring that come in. Um, but yeah, so what do, you, what do you think about that, Court? And uh, maybe how it impacts the, the dynamic of the league? Is capitalism the best economic system? Oof. Um, yeah, I think... <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's another... It's another but I have no problem going on record saying, uh, yes, it's the best of all. Uh, all that I know about that are... All of which are pretty flawed. But... Uh, <laughs> Hot um, takes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. But <laughs> um, those, those, yeah, I didn't actually think that you're going to answer that. Yeah. Um, that was more to say that, like, <laughs> with a lot of these salary cap things, I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. Like, 30, $30 million? Like, what are you going to do with $30 million? I feel like JaVale McGee actually said a bunch of stuff about this one time where he was like, he sort of retired a little bit where he was just like, I've already made $40 million playing basketball. Like that's way more money than anyone should make playing like a sport. So like, I don't really care about the money anymore. And yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. I get it. Like I would take, if I was offered 3 million more dollars than my current salary, I would definitely be interested in getting 3 million more dollars, but it is, you know, diminishing marginal sort of thing when you are making that much money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> My general thoughts on this topic are that um, uh, I think a lot of people go into this, go into like how much people get paid, thinking how much do I value this person's work, or how much does their work contribute to like the world, 
and is that right? And so there's lots of professions that do a lot for people and uh, that are underpaid, like teachers. Uh, and I, in terms of how important their role is, and I agree with that. Man, I know um, a lot of overpaid teachers, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was court. Uh, and uh, sorry, don't want to offend our listener base. I recant that yeah. statement. Um, but I think ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, like the, what what actually happens is people get paid more based on like uh, the revenue that their work creates, right? And so, lots of people watch basketball and. Uh, Lots of advertisers pay to sell you things on basketball programs like Pachamama's Pantry. Um, they don't really pay. Uh, in money. Well, but they yeah. pay in love and food. Um, love and food. And uh, basketball. I've seen that movie. <laughs> um, all that to say, the NBA generates all this money, and so it goes to the NBA, and there's a question about how you distribute that. And when we talk about player salary, basically the options are it should go to the players or it should go to the owners. Or it um, could go to the podcasters. Or it could go to the podcasters. Uh, Adam Silver, if you're listening, uh, we, we were happy to get a cut of the yeah, CBA. Yeah, 1% of the rev- yeah. revenue to podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, that would still be a lot of money to us. Yes. More than we're making now. Yes. Um, and so ultimately in all these things about how much like if the conversation is like, oh, players make too much, I'm like, I'd rather the players make it than the owners make it. And they're basically just splitting the money in some way. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, you know. Why owners. do you think the owners should own the means of production? <laughs> <laughs> um, we might have to, we might have to get Stefan the guest on, uh, to go into the economic, uh, the economics of uh, capitalism versus other, uh, he's a, other I options. Say he's, yeah, he's a, he's a capitalist. Yeah, I think he would also have some alternative ideas. Yeah, he's um, he's really into Airbnb. Yeah, that's one of his examples. That's of, a free market solution. Yeah. Um. So I think in conclusion, the Warriors should be able to stay together in this free market capitalistic NBA system that we have. It's not a free market. There, you just said there was a cap and stuff. Uh, true. It's a, I guess it's a highly regulated market, much like ours, much like the United States's mm. capitalism. Maybe more so. Um, maybe maybe not. Um, actually, no. It is more right. I mean, definitely labor has w- labor has way less freedom in the NBA market than than our market. Um, basically, you're drafted to a team and you have to, you more or less have to go play there for at least three or four years. Right. Um, that's a way. But the minimum wage is way bigger than the. Say it again. The minimum wage is way bigger. The minimum wage is significantly, significantly higher. Because um, I, all I know is Joe Harris got like a million dollars for playing one minute in the finals. Have you ever thought about that? Like, if if you had graduated UVA and like you got drafted as a computer programmer, you know, and like they're like, "All right, you're going to Iowa City." Yeah, that would suck. And then you couldn't go anywhere else. And like, I would also be, I, I don't know, like the exact numbers on this thing, but like, I wouldn't have been the highest draft pick out of UVA, and UVA wouldn't have been the highest school. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just be like pretty 
I mean, I guess on the upper end, because it's like a pretty, you know, it's a good program, don't get me wrong, and all that. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously more like computer programming schools than there are like Division One NCAA basketball programs. Yeah. And then there's more undergraduates in each of those schools. So like yeah. the pool is way bigger. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I've been blessed in my life. I'd probably be at the upper end of that pool, but still like, I don't know whether I would have done, I don't think I would have done better if it was sort of like I got picked to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Versus like I was kind of like I could weigh my options, and because I would, you know, could go anywhere. I like went to New York, and New York has like high cost of living, so like I got a pretty good salary, I'd say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to like work for this company in New York. Yeah, and was like you know they valued getting people from UVA for whatever reason. Yeah, um, probably because well we'll go into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I I think it's super interesting to think about. Because obviously they get paid more money than they also have sh- shorter careers, but they get paid more money. Um, and I was, would just wonder how much. Yeah, obviously even, you're getting out of college. and You're thinking like, where do I want to be for fun? Like, am I in a relationship? Like, am I associated with a community nope. or a church yeah. or whatever? And like, you know, all of these things. And then you decide on a place to be in a job. Um, and I'm just thinking like how much like would it be worth if, if out of college Someone's like, you you can make a million dollars doing this, but you have to go to Duluth, Minnesota. You know, uh, like what would you would that be? Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, like, so I look at it this way: like, you know, for computer programming, I don't know. If maybe there's some of those like Stanford kids probably go just go and like make their own company or something. But like, yeah. I can't imagine any like new graduate is making like you know maybe they make like two hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and if they do well on a project, they probably can get bumped up like pretty well. But maybe they wouldn't be like a computer program anymore at that point. Yeah. But like some sort of CTO. But anyway, yeah, like the best like hotshot is gonna like get at that level or something. Yeah. But like Joe Harris, who is the worst NBA player, you know, like got the minimum as a second round pick. He got a million dollars a year, like. Whatever he was doing, he's definitely gonna uh he's definitely gonna pick that instead. Yeah. Cause yeah. if he just lived normally, which I think he didn't because he's an idiot, uh, he could just save that money and not have to work anymore. Like if he was like, Man, I'm only gonna spend like, you know, thirty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I think that was the most seamless Joe Harris uh uh reference that you've made on the podcast. Thank you, Ray. Uh, it looks like we have some special guests here to talk about capitalism. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. So um, we were just talking about uh, NBA player salaries. And while we were talking about that, Ray, we were joined by a special guest, Mr. Hey guys. Michael Mahoney. Nice to be here. Thanks for joining us, Michael. This is my first podcast. This is your this first, first You've never been on a podcast ever. before? My first podcast. How does it ever. feel? Um, it feels pretty normal, you okay. know? Just like a couple of friends sitting around talking. You look pretty normal. You actually look like you're about to give a um, toast at a wedding, but you've had too much to drink and now you're sitting on the floor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That feels about right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get right into it. What's the topic? <laughs> the topic uh, that we were talking about was NBA player salaries. Uh, and we were talking about minimum salaries, I guess. We were we were talking about how, um, how so in the NBA you get drafted and you don't have any choice about where you go. Um, you also make more money than a 
you know, average teacher, you know, for example. Yes. We did talk about teachers. Yeah. Um, so kind of talked about how that's one, just a strange thing that you don't really have any say in where you will, you know, be employed. And then two, like, what would that be like for us? And how much maybe would we trade off um, in terms of salary or other benefits to not have any agency in where we go uh, after we graduated college and started working? So, do they teach money management skills at these? They actually, they actually do now. So, so in the '90s, when a lot of and 2000s, when a lot of guys came into the NBA right out of high school, a lot of guys were like Kobe, like Kobe and Kevin Garnett. Um, there was a lot of them. Jonathan Bender, Darius Miles. Um, Should we play the game? Kwame Brown. Whoever can't say the one next loses. Nope. Because I already said Jonathan Bender, and that's kind of my like special one. Yeah. Bender. Um, yeah. Played for the Pacers. Yeah. So a lot of those guys, they weren't doing well in the league, and they were spending a lot of their money. And I think On that what? was also maybe. Uh, I'm not sure, but maybe they're maybe they're maybe they weren't like living super like stable lives, you know. Okay. And so the NBA now has a lot of folks, and teams have a lot of folks that kind of just like help like young people kind of figure out what to do with their money and how to spend their time. And I think people like kind of mentors around kind of thing. Do they have opt out retirement plans? Probably. No, probably not. Yeah. You have to opt in. I think when you make that much money that like, uh, you're not allowed to put into the Roth anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of the, what about a 403 B? I don't think that the NBA is a nonprofit. Okay. At least if the commercials are to be believed. I think you're thinking of 501c3. Oh. No, but the what he's talking about is the retirement plan for a nonprofit. Just right? numbers and letters. Is a 403b a retirement plan for a nonprofit? Or is it just for teachers? It is a retirement plan for which I qualify. <laughs> <laughs> and so it could be all of those things. Okay. Okay. Um so probably not. Nationwide is our um I'm not sure what what you would even call them. Our fund allocator. Our investor. Yeah. Our investment advisor. Yeah, one of those. Um broker. Okay. So it's not really a broker. Can we I mean can we get some facts and figures here, boys? <laughs> All right, <laughs> fact. Do we know what percent of NBA players invest their money in the stock market? A hundred, less than a hundred percent. Probably, yeah. Probably a lot of, probably most of them, except for J.R. Smith, I would say. And do do they have a balanced portfolio in general, or are they going after like the probably Warriors? tech stocks? Okay. Yeah, at least the Warriors. They probably have a lot of. Yeah, I heard they put a lot into Nvidia recently. They were like GPUs mm-hmm. are the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Intel, we're out on Intel. We're yeah. in on N- Nvidia. Some of them invest in businesses. LeBron James uh, has ownership stake in Blaze Pizza. Oh, yeah. My cousin was in a commercial with him. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he also had, has or had a stake in um, Beats headphones. Yeah. Okay. Beats with Dre? Beats by Dre? Yeah. Beats by Dre. Those who, headphones who I are... guess is the richest uh, hip hop artist ever. Is that true? I think so. Richard. You heard it here first. Yeah. Okay. Jay Z's right up there. But. Hmm. 
Just mm. is it combined finances with Jay Z and Beyonce or they are richer than Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris were. Uh they're not Wait, are, are Kevin do Kevin Harris and Taylor Swift date? Are they a thing? Calvin. He was saying Calvin. Calvin. What, what yeah, that's what I said. What do you think I said? They used to date. They're they no used, longer. Oh. Well that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean what according to what source are you saying they used to date? Michael? Teardrops on my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was about uh, Willie Anderson. <laughs> back to back to basketball, boys. Um, so we have some of these guys investing in stocks, some in other assets, some in bonds. Do do we have sort of just like your good old fashioned savings plan? I think probably. I think if yeah, they they probably don't need that much. They probably don't need ma- very many low risk investments. Um, I think they probably have high risk profiles, and so they probably don't have much in their savings account. But I don't know. And um, are there any? Do you think we've sort of in the history of basketball, there have been folks who maybe wish they had had some low risk investments? I yeah, Allen Iverson. Yes, that dude ran out of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There've been a lot. There's a lot of folks who are bankrupt. So then, why did you say that they don't need that? Well, I think that that has less to do with the fact that they invested in volatile uh um yeah Alan Iverson lost Alan Iverson <laughs> lost all his money on penny stocks little known fact yeah um, oh. yeah i think it's it's more to do with maybe their like consumption habits um cocaine or n- no <laughs> no gambling um i'm just buying a lot of things like cars and homes and uh in some Pe- cases gambling pizza? um pizza maybe um but so I don't think it's because they invested in the wrong stocks or high-risk stocks, but maybe because they spent too much of their money on uh, material things. Okay. Is there a solution to this problem? Um, Is it a problem? Yeah, I don't know that we established a problem. I think um, I think that it seems like overall that players are doing a good job of um, managing their assets and teams in the league are doing a better job supporting them in that. What's our ideal? Our ideal, we already established this, that so in the collective bargaining agreement, like a certain percentage goes to the players and a certain percentage goes to the owners. But right now, 0% go to podcasters. Um, yeah. So ideally, more than 0% would go to podcasters about yeah. the NBA. Because um, then ideally, we would getting we would be getting money yeah. for talking about stuff like yes. this. Yes. Okay. I, have a, I have a question about another potential recipient that this probably sounds a little... Uh, a little bit like redistribution of wealth but mm. uh given and also it's also going to sound like i'm stereotyping mm. okay but give, <laughs> given that some percent that i'm that i don't know of basketball players come potentially from lower income communities do we have any sort of thoughts about like what's currently happening in terms of sort of uh you know supporting the communities that they're coming from and what could and what could be happening are you asking if the nba cares does the nba care um they care enough to have an organization called the nba cares um that does so i have no comment on nba cares that's gonna be my official position okay (laughs) so it's down to me and ray okay i will say uh the nba does have programs to invest in uh, communities, particularly inner city communities. 
there's lots of playgrounds in New Orleans um, that show that this is that is a thing. So they invest in playgrounds. I like. I mean, playgrounds are I cool. Think, you know, and schools and different things. Yeah. I would generally say that I think the NBA should do plenty of that, and they should definitely reinvest funds back to the communities. I think a lot of the players are doing really good work giving money back and, and creating actually, programs. Yeah, for I was more curious about individuals, I think, than, than the NBA as an organization. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of them are doing really great things. I think that's probably ultimately, you know, it's ultimately their call about how much they want to do that or how they want to do that, I think. Do we have numbers on um, this? I'm not really sure. I don't have numbers, but there's lots of good there's lots of good accounts. I know Kevin Durant has invested a lot in Oklahoma City. Actually I think he's like given a lot of money to one or multiple schools in Oklahoma City. Um, I believe LeBron James has done the same thing in Akron. Actually, there was a story recently about a school that he was investing in in Akron. Um, So, yeah. Jalen Rose has his own school. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That one was not doing so hot, right? Yeah, I can't can't remember why it was in the news. I just remember it being. Does the school have athletics? Uh, It was some charter school that Jalen Rose had invest either founded or you know caused to found with money yeah. what do you call that yeah it was in michigan and a lot of yeah um a lot of their charter schools weren't doing so hot so mm-hmm. okay um so yeah um can i ask sort of a meta question yes it seems like i'm just curious about like it seems like we've kind of spun out this particular topic in this podcast and we're ready to move on yeah you I think really i think you've spun it out and so my question is how do we make this transition and are we did we already kind of like did we already decelerate too much to make the transition smoothly generally based on um what i've seen of listeners uh in the statistics listeners have stopped listening by this point <laughs> anyway so um it doesn't you really see, you can see that actually no i can't see okay. any of that <laughs> We I just paid know a it. dollar per month for server costs because, um, you know, hacked it all together. <laughs> so, like, if I paid more for stuff, then I'm sure there's, like, Netflix-style yeah. stats where it's like, oh, man, right when Michael came on, that was when people were like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but Which, w- I mean, that's not what would happen. That's not, no. <laughs> there would be a big spike, an up- yeah. upward spike is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay. But so, I mean, since... And at least hopefully we can get Michael's parents to listen. So that should be two more listeners. Yeah. And Michael has a pretty big family. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. You have more siblings than I do. I can't even get my brother to respond to my texts and emails, though, honestly. (laughs) I've been trying to convert to a flip phone, which I ordered online. And, but he is the holder of my, he owns the account and he will not, (laughs) he will not respond to texts or emails to try to get the password so I can switch phones. So wow. I'm, stuck. I'm in this limbo. My I, my brother wanted to switch phones and I responded within 30 minutes for him because wow. I'm yeah. the holder of the account that we're on for some wow. reason. Yeah. So I don't yeah. have a family though. Your brother has a family, it's right? It's been a week though. I mean, a week of multiple. He has so a baby, right? I'm just going to start calling him. I don't, yeah, I don't have a baby. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't know. Um, have you considered trying to get someone else to text as well also i just realized i'm calling my brother out on a public podcast i didn't this is don't worry nobody listens to flaw of me not not having been a podcaster before (laughs) sorry about that pat love you (laughs) yeah um yeah you gotta think about what you say on these things really yeah yeah um 
On that note, what, uh, Michael, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, <laughs> um, six two, one seventy five. Just be clear, he's no no more than six feet tall. You um, just—that's exactly how tall and how much I weigh. How tall I am and how much I weigh. Uh, and I also weigh one hundred seventy five pounds. Do you weigh one hundred seventy five pounds, Michael? I bench about uh, four hundred on a good day. Okay. Mm. I guess okay. there's no good days. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, kind of like a charming smile, but like I don't win you over right away. Michael thinks this is a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Michael's wonder, wonderful girlfriend Kelsey is off microphone my, my, while we're recording. She made a some face feedback. when Michael said "charming smile." She made a face of like I don't see why. I don't see why Disbelief. you need to be embarrassed of me, babe. <laughs> you know, I'm just out here sharing, sharing what you know what I got. Um, but for yeah, for as the recording engineer, if you were sharing what you got, you would have to share the microphone with her for her to be heard <laughs> on the recording. Okay. So okay. these guys, yeah. All right. First of all, audience, I just want to say that these guys have been critiquing me all night for my microphone knowledge. I understand that she is not being heard <laughs> by the audience. I still think it's kind of an interesting exchange that we're having, and I'm willing to let that go live. I think it's going great. I, I think it's going great, great well, as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so generally, what you were talking about before is called a segue, and I had an awesome segue earlier, and then Ray stopped it in its tracks and pushed the segue like toppled the segue backwards yes back into more basketball stuff yeah oh uh but it was before you were here and then that's when we and then we devolved from that segue into talking about segue tours in new okay, orleans can we dissect that segue though why do you think it was that ray toppled it backwards he still wanted to talk more about like the we were segueing into talking about the financials of basketball and he still wanted to talk more about the uh skill of the players in the recent basketball games and do you so do you so it sounds like you think that was ray's fault that you didn't segue in that move instead of your fault for segueing too soon no, no no i wasn't saying it was ray's fault i was saying i had a really nice segue and he was the one who stopped it i'm not saying it was anybody's fault i i own up to it was my fault it wasn't well i blame it, myself i might have segued early you know sometimes you just segue early it's okay <laughs> Okay. You, either your your partner on the podcast deals with you segueing early what or made it a nice segue uh um, i don't know yeah it's it's hard Cle- to recall this point, but it was a good segue i know it was a good segue i just don't remember what was it was it kind of like a pun or you know you know how sometimes when stand-up comedians segue they'll it's it's not like they're actually thematically moving to something similar from what they were talking about, but they take like a little item from what they were previously talking about and then they make that the theme of the next joke. Yeah, I think that's kind of how my segue was. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time doing stand-up. Uh, yeah. So. Speaking of comedians, <coughs> since Michael gave very real factual information on himself, um, I feel like I we should tell the audience a little bit about Michael. Michael uh, is our friend in New Orleans and... He has worked in education. He and I went on a long hike together last That's summer. Right. Yeah, um, Ray has talked. Longtime listeners will know Ray has talked about that hike. Yes, on um, several podcasts. Michael was my wonderful uh, partner for that hike, and we had a nice time. 
and uh, we'll let, and we'll let you figure out what partner means. <laughs> I was going to say something, but glad you did um, instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And matter of fact, audience, I am wearing the red Exificio underwear. <laughs> he is actually he was actually leg. scratching underneath the underwear when <laughs> which actually were Ray's underwear <laughs> that he gave to me. And I'm well, we're getting them. We're getting pretty real right now. Yeah. This might be the first podcast where one of the guests was wearing one of our <laughs> underwears. And it also might be just like in general, the first podcast where two people have been on that have worn the same pair of underwear at different points in time. No, I've definitely, well, you set me up for that one. But was, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, either Ray or I has like worn a pair of boxers that one of us has worn. That's at some likely. Point. That's likely, yeah. Like we lived in the same house and... What about briefs? Probably less likely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, I see a little smirk on your face, though. You're excited that you segued <laughs> into underwear talk. Yeah. Um, they're good underwear, by the way. <laughs> they're good underwear, Brent. They're they're certainly highly rated on what's the website? Amazon, Alibaba, no, no, no. Uh, AliExpress, Outdoor Gear Lab, maybe Outdoor Gear Lab. Halloweencostumes. Dot com. And um, some, their, Mama some of their qualities are durability, um, quickness of drying, antimicrobial <laughs> properties, um, a general sort of waistband that doesn't chafe too much. And How many times have you peed your pants in these underwear? <laughs> How many times has Ray peed your pants? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think it's worth saying that um, the the underwear was were exchanged because. Uh, Michael, we had very few clothes, uh, and Michael wear, uh, Michael wear, Michael's <laughs> underwear ripped. And I was like, well, I don't need this pair of underwear so you can have it. And that's, that's how it happened. Yeah, that's right. Um, and my underwear ripped in a nonviolent way. They were just, they simply wore out. <laughs> it's an important, important clarification. As underwear is want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that, yeah, this might not be the time for y'all to switch underwear again, but <laughs> uh, it I, could be happening. That's the joy of a podcast. You all don't know. Just sort of a little more revelation. I have been doing some outside landscaping and we're in New Orleans right now. It gets pretty hot. There was probably over a liter of water that saturated these pants over the course of the day. <laughs> And it's now, Did you not find a bathroom? It's now dry. No, it was just it was just from my sweat glands swamping up my pants, and so that would be a really interesting exchange. If that happened right now. Okay, I'm probably okay. I'm good with my underwear. I can turn right them now. inside out for you. Um, yeah, that's. I'm probably good with mine. I think, but I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm happy that yours are processing moisture well. <laughs> I'm pretty good with mine, too. Is there anyone else in the room that would want to trade underwear with Michael? <laughs> uh, just so the audience um, knows. We have a head nod. Uh, Again, no. the only other person in the room is my girlfriend. <laughs> now, it seems like everybody's comfortable with their own underwear, and Michael seems most open to exchanging, but yeah. Here's a question. This is also just a podcast rookie question. Is there any way we can sort of like splice the order of things in this podcast and get this kind of up to the front? You think this is better content? Remember I think this, this might grab the, the listeners. Remember when we talked about like how the money, the money issue? 
there's a way to get things rearranged (laughs) yeah just we know we talked about how we don't get a lot of money for this podcast but hint hint i'm just wondering can't you just like cut and paste something you know just like yeah you know like podcasting software ain't free if you know what i'm talking about (laughs) some people sounded like they had a job today and did some (laughs) landscaping maybe they got paid yeah but then i went to get lunch at this taco place and it had on google maps i had a one dollar sign by it which as our listeners know means it's supposed to be cheap and then they charged me 13 dollars Ooh, that's two dollar signs yes and so for how many tacos did you get it was an an enchilada actually but it was Mm. only one enchilada was it a big enchilada nope Hmm. it's tasty but that's not what i was going for was it vegan no definitely not vegan was it a truck or was it like a brick and mortar place there's a brick and mortar Hmm. um speaking of brick and mortar uh there's some there's been some things happening in the dota 2 world uh this is why we brought michael on (laughs) so yeah so court can you uh tell us what's uh what's hot in the dota 2 world uh there was just this big tournament uh not really that big of a tournament it was one of the minor ones but it's the the final tournament before the like championship of the year which is called the international uh which is always held at key arena in seattle which is where kevin durant used to play Mm. uh, when he played on the sonics when the sonics still existed and they hadn't moved to oklahoma city uh so that's the big one this is the final tournament final big tournament before you know the the grand enchilada of them all uh so this tournament was held in Moscow. Uh, it's called Epicenter. Uh, there were eight teams invited, I believe. No, ten teams. There were ten teams. And Team Liquid defeated Team Evil Geniuses in the final by a series score of three to one. Um, and nominally, I think I've declared myself a fan of Team Liquid. I don't know if I've Why? declared it on air. Uh, their best player well they have a lot of really good players uh, they haven't quite gelled as a team until this one Ooh. but they're they're best you think pl- that they would gel pretty quickly as a liquid team yeah well they've been the organization has been around for a while but their best player is this guy called matumba man uh who's from finland uh and he's just kind of he's really tall and goofy and will sometimes like while they're like showing the like you know before they're playing the game they'll be like standing near their computers and he'll like make weird faces at the camera and it's just kind of a strange person i mean they're all really strange people because they're professional video game players but i enjoy his sort of shtick as it were um so that was that's my nom and so a lot of other fans of dota basically i know of one other person who is a fan uh which is nick holiday and And he's Well, I don't know who Guthrie likes. I don't oh, know which team he okay. likes, but I know that Nick Holiday likes Evil Geniuses. I think I actually do. I was actually talking to Guthrie about this, and he was. I think maybe he's rooting for Kiev. I don't know. Kiev was the that was the tournament that was held previous oh, to this one. Okay, I messed that up. Yeah, he was rooting wow, in right. that in that tournament in that thing that we were watching. He was rooting for one of those teams. I OG probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Because they're the Western European team, okay. and they're playing against the Eastern European team. Mm-hmm. yeah og i don't remember who's on that exactly but they had that one kid who was like really young looking remember when yeah. they like showed him as the match Maybe. mvp yeah i mean they're all pretty young because your reflexes have to be good to play video games um yeah so my you're team, talking about nick sorry yeah nick is a fan of evil geniuses which is sort of like the american team mm. uh 
Although they have players that are sort of like Canadian and stuff too. But mm. guys, I have a proposal. Yes. We audience, we have a really big TV in this room. What if we put on Planet Earth Two, the cities episode, and we keep casting, but we'll just have that playing in the background. Well, so he, that's a good segue uh, into. Uh, we're kind of running up. We're, we're kind of running out of time here. Yeah, uh, we've hit a lot of our big points. Yeah, uh, we have. We were going to talk a little bit about car seat headdress, but I think that we'll hold off on that. Uh, there's yeah. a big Twitter feud with between the band car seat headrest and some other band will need a some if anyone wants to talk about that as a guest star yeah uh you know maybe you're in a band called gold connections or something (laughs) we welcome you on to the podcast come on uh and we thank everybody for listening tonight uh we would like to spend extend a special thank you to michael for being our guest i'd like to thank you guys as well this is really kind of special for me i probably won't come back but um why won't you come back well it just seems like it's um you know i'm just i don't know if i've found my voice yet okay maybe that's what i'm saying your voice does sound unnaturally high like i wasn't really talking about my (laughs) actual like tone record <laughs> talking about my like authentic personal expression on a podcast okay. i just feel like i'm not there and, and I, I actually need to go back and do a lot of reflecting before i i'm not saying never i just i just need to really have a little like you know okay just a lot of me time right is there anything that you could yeah is there anything can we is there anything we can talk through right now to help you kind of i mean find if we could just do or? a quick plus delta you know just whip around everybody. what does that what mean what does that mean uh what you Kelsey liked. gave a pout at the me and Ray not knowing what plus delta meant. Uh, what you liked and what you would change. Um, what I liked. Okay, I can start. Give me your rose and thorn. I I liked. I think it was um pretty free flowing and light. Um, we probably talked about things that were like not really important or informative, but maybe um. You know, maybe they were silly and interesting. I did not. Probably know. Are not. people coming here for information? Is that like a thing? Uh, it's un- People just aren't coming here for the most part. But when they come here, if they were coming for information, <laughs> they would be confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's one thing that I didn't? I think we probably could have been more structured. Um, in particular, I would have uh, liked to have a better idea of what we want to talk about with you before you came on. But I think it still went well. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Court. All right, so a thing I liked was the part where you guys switched underwear uh, while you were talking. <laughs> that was pretty, let me tell you, audience, you only have the audio from there, but it was way crazier than the sounds make it sound. Um, they didn't actually switch underwear. I thought it was funny that you talked about that. Uh, I also liked, Ray and I had another kind of funny moment at the beginning too, I think when we were doing the segue kind of bit. Oh, the Kevin Durant beer recap, I think, was really nice. Uh, Things that I might have changed. I don't think this is kind of like a personal. I think y'all both did great. Um, Personally, I think (laughs) I would have liked to prepare a maybe more engaging thing about Dota 2. Mm. Uh, I don't think I did a great job of sort of explaining anything that was going on there. But I also think that I don't want to spend too much time on that segment ever. So it's it's hard to fit... To make it both compelling and not like spend too much time on it. Yeah. And I think I could have done a better job asking questions. 
Some yeah, sometimes you, I think on our first time we talked about it, we had funnier questions maybe, yeah. but uh this yeah. time, you know, we'll get it next time. Next Keep time. that positive attitude. Yeah. All right, Michael, you want to do your little Delta Force thing? So, I just want to be clear that we started this little plus delta thing so that I could have a little bit, you know, more vision around my voice, and neither of the deltas you guys gave me had to do with me. Oh, <laughs> they both had so to do you with you guys. Oh, I th- did you ask for a, a plus minus for you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't understand it still. Um, I mean, I still I do now. I didn't understand it then. Yeah. So okay. first, your minus. I think you could have done a better job. Um, you know, clear. You know, stating your expectations about this plus minus game. Um, hmm. That's my first point of feedback. Okay. Um, I think. Um, yeah. I guess I was I was interested to hear you describe yourself to the audience in a serious way, um, and you didn't do that. That would be probably <laughs> my my um you you just told them a bunch of lies about your physical capabilities. Uh, so Not even egregious <laughs> lies, just sort of like adding on an inch and a couple pounds or something. The four hundred pound bench press was an egregious lie. But, no, he said on a good day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that um, day isn't here yet. Yeah. Um, okay. So and I did. I also. I think your. I think the underwear story was the best uh, content that you provided. I think that was really good. So Ray came out with two deltas and a plus. Or see if you can maybe do a plus and then a delta. So a plus is like a plus, and a delta just means a minus. Delta is the Greek symbol for change. Okay, mm. but it's like it, when uh, like you'd be doing a plus minus, but instead of calling it a minus, you just call it a, a change instead. So I think, in general, it, you could simplify to that. I think there are maybe some situations in which it's more accurate to call it a delta. Okay, I can give you one if you would like. But here's so a plus for me was I enjoyed your. Um, I think you did have sort of a voice where you got us talking about things that maybe we would be uncomfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did that very adroitly. I'm not quite sure how to say adroit. I, I want to say adroitly, right. because, but maybe that's French. too adroit. Yeah, adroitly in English, um, which I appreciated. I think that was a really good job, Michael. Um, something that I would change. Uh, Ray struggles with this a lot still, too, and I know that I do, too. You weren't super consistent with putting your mouth in the same position towards the microphone, um, which often, as the audio engineer, leads to um, troubles later. And actually, yeah, I have noticed that you guys, I'm not saying you did a bad job, but there were some times I noticed that on listening to a podcast one time where the voices seemed at various uh loudnesses. So here's a thing that was hard. When we had guest stars before, we didn't have... I didn't have this new thing that has multiple more than two microphone inputs. So we would always mm. be switched when we had Joel on uh, until he had to call in once he moved to St. Louis. But when we previously had him on, we would have these two microphones and one of us would just be like pushing it over to Joel and then like pushing it back, which would lead to a lot of really inconsistent volume levels. Cause right. it would just be like pushing that microphone all around all the time. Yeah. Um, right. But obviously we still coming back to that old money issue again thanks capitalism we still don't have another mic stand for the third microphone which makes it harder for you to keep that consistent position because right now you're still in sort of the um wedding toast like holding the microphone up style 
uh, which Ray and I can, uh, I can move my arms around. You've just been holding that left hand up with the microphone. Really good job so far. But your left arm is probably kind of tired. No, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Well, you know, with that 400-pound bench press, uh, <laughs> microphone is nothing. Yes. Um, well, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Again, this is Half Court Midrange with Court, Schoonover, Ray Stewart-Nevitz, and Michael Mahoney guest starring. See you next time. Have a great night. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>